0: Welcome to Giants of the Faith, the podcast where we explore some of the great figures in Christian history. I'm your host, Robert Daniels, and this is episode 59, the final episode of our Focus on Hymnists. Today we're going to talk about Charlotte Elliott, a hymn writer who wrote one of the most beloved hymns of all time, Just As I Am. But before we get to that, I want to recommend another podcast to you. This isn't a paid advertisement. In fact, I never have and I don't plan to ever feature any paid promos or commercials on Giants of the Faith. Anyway, Andy Peavy House runs the excellent The Bright Forever, where he profiles a different hymn each episode and talks about its history, its meaning, influence, background, and more. As of publishing time, he's just completed Season 1, so if you're interested in going further down the hymn rabbit hole, I encourage you to check it out at thebrightforever.com or on any of the major podcast indexes. And here's a taste of what Bright Forever brings. And at the end of this episode, I'll include a longer preview of his show. So be sure to hang around and give it a listen.
1: This is a podcast that is a long time in the making. This is the Bright Forever. Some of the most powerful hymns of all time. It's in the second stanza where we get a glimpse of the writer's thoughts. Jesus is the center of that unbroken praise. Ah, so good. Everything we do should be a praise to God. Everything we do should bring him honor and glory. It's not just good news for salvation. It's the good news of every day lived for Christ. We thank God for a powerful message. This is the bright forever.
0: Okay, with that out of the way, let's move on to Charlotte Elliot. She was born on March 18th, 1789, in Brighton, England. She was the granddaughter of Henry Venn, a prominent evangelical minister and leader of the Clapham Sect. And here's a brief history of the Clapham Sect a group I'd never heard of until researching this episode, but that might make an interesting bonus episode someday. So the Clapham sect was a group of evangelical Christians active in England from about 1790 to 1830. They were also known as the Clapham saints or the Claphamites. and They were mostly wealthy Anglicans who lived in or near Clapham, a village south of London. The Clapham to me is most famous for hosting the Poirot mystery, the Clapham cook. Anyway, they were led by Venn, the rector of Clapham Church, and included prominent figures such as William Wilberforce, Henry Thornton, James Stephen, and Zachary Macaulay. The Clapham sect was famous for its social reform campaigns, especially the abolition of slavery and the slave trade. They also worked for other causes such as prison reform, prevention of cruel sports, and missionary work. They supported several societies and publications that promoted their Christian values and philanthropic goals. They were politically conservative and believed in the preservation of social order and hierarchy. They appealed to the rich and educated classes and offered religious instruction and moral improvement to the poor. The Clapham sect was influential in creating the emotional climate necessary for ending slavery in England and its colonies, Although they faced opposition and ridicule for many quarters, they persisted in their efforts until they achieved their main objective in 1833, when Parliament passed the Slavery Abolition Act. Okay, so back to Elliot. Charlotte's parents were Charles and Elling. She grew up in a pious and cultured family. Her father was a silk merchant, and her two brothers were clergymen. And she showed a talent for music and poetry from an early age. However, Charlotte also struggled with her health and with her faith. Beginning in 1821, she suffered from chronic fatigue that made her an invalid for most of her life. She was so weak that she was often bedbound and didn't even have the strength to lift a pen to write. She also experienced doubts and fears about her salvation and about her relationship with God. She felt unworthy and sinful, and she often wondered if God loved her. One day in eighteen twenty two she met a Swiss pastor named Caesar Milan, who was visiting her family. I couldn't find any evidence that Milan did any dog whispering for the Elliots, but a simple conversation he had with Charlotte has created ripples that have moved through church services up until today. He asked her if she was at peace with God, and she replied that she did not know how to come to Him. Milan told her that she should come to Him just as she was without trying to improve herself or make herself acceptable. He said that Jesus had died for her sins, and He would receive her with open arms if she trusted Him. Now, This simple message struck a chord in Charlotte's heart. She realized that she did not need to do anything to earn God's love and forgiveness, but only to accept His grace by faith. She later wrote that this conversation was a turning point in her life, and that she felt a new joy and peace in Christ. Twelve years later, in 1834, she wrote a hymn based on her experience of coming to Jesus just as she was. And she wrote it for a charity event at her brother's church and she was unable to attend because of her illness. She wanted to contribute something to the cause, so she sent her hymn as a gift. Of course, it was titled, Just As I Am, Without One Plea. The hymn has six verses, each beginning with the words, Just As I Am and it was published in 1836 in a collection called The Invalid's Hymn Book, which Charlotte edited for people who were sick or suffering like herself. She contributed 112 hymns to this book, many of which reflect her personal experience of pain and comfort. Some of her other well-known hymns are Thy Will Be Done and My God and Father While I Stray. Charlotte's hymns soon became popular among Christians of different denominations and backgrounds. They were translated into many languages, Just As I Am was translated into every known language at the time, and sung all over the world. They touched the hearts of millions of people who could relate to Charlotte's honest expression of human weakness and divine grace. One of the most famous examples of the impact of Charlotte's hymn is the story of Billy Graham the renowned evangelist who preached the gospel to millions of people in his crusades. He chose Just As I Am as his invitation hymn at the end of his sermons, inviting people to come forward and accept Christ as their Savior. He said that this hymn summed up his message of salvation by grace through faith. And the song was also a favorite of Charles Spurgeon, who included it in his hymn book and used the story of Eliot's conversion as an illustration of God's providence. Charlotte Elliott died on September twenty-second, 1871, at the age of 82. She was buried in St. Andrew's Church in Hove near Brighton. Her tombstone bears the inscription, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Charlotte Elliott is a giant of the faith, who used her gifts of poetry and music to glorify God and bless others. She overcame her challenges through the grace of God, and her story reminds us to submit all to God just as we are. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and hang on after the outro for a preview of The Bright Future. Until next time, God bless.
1: Being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. It's a daily process whereby you grow to be more and more like Christ. Billy Graham. This is The Bright Forever. Welcome to the Bright Forever, where each week we explore the power and the richness of some of the greatest hymns of the faith. I am Andy Peavyhouse, your host and your guide on this adventure through hymnody. Another week, and we are back at it again. Last week we explored the idea of friendship with God as we dove into Joseph Scriven and his hymn "What a Friend We Have in Jesus." We learned that even in the hardest of adversities. We have a God who remains closer than a friend. He doesn't just want a bunch of servants to do his bidding. He wants us to know him as friends. And he laid down his life for us so we could have that relationship with him eternally. Today, we're going to talk about conversion specifically the conversion of one man and his anniversary poem to commemorate what God had done in his life. His name was Charles Wesley. And our hymn for this week is "O oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. For a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. You may have heard of John Wesley, his brother. Though John Wesley is called the father of Methodism, where we get the Methodist Church, his brother, Charles Wesley, may be called the father of Methodist congregational singing. Charles Wesley was the composer of more than 6,000 hymns. But those which bore special significance to him have been among the most endearing and the most enduring. One of these was a hymn called, And Can It Be, which we're going to talk about probably next season. This was written days after his conversion. Another, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, was written in 1739 to mark the first anniversary of that conversion. And although I don't celebrate all of Charles Wesley's theology, today's hymn is one of his many that I believe we can benefit from.